Hello, you are listening to the Copcast uh, from Shoesmiths with Lucy Taylor, Rebecca Bristow and Lauren Miner, three court protection lawyers. Uh, Today we're talking about uh, criminality and vulnerability and capacity. We'll be talking a little bit about line of duty, so stay tuned, all that coming up. Hello, listeners. We're back again. Episode two of the Copcast. Um, we made it through the first one. Apologies mm-hmm. if you've watched a dodgy YouTube video. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not seeing that as you're listening to this today. Um, but we've got a we've got a couple of ideas of what we want to talk about with you today. Um, Yes, we all got very excited the other night, didn't we, when Line of Duty came on the TV and our WhatsApp group exploded with uh, comments about, hey guys, anyone watching Line of Duty, there's capacity issues. And we're really sad like that because anything comes (laughs) up. Capacity plotline, we love it, don't we? Yeah, we do, we do. And um, I think it's fair to say that most of our professional contacts have also picked up on it very quickly as well. Um, Rebecca, you've seen some quite interesting Twitter feeds from Ian, haven't you? Yeah, council tweets was all over it, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So we thought it was aptly timed and we'd just um, pick up on, I guess, criminality, mental Mm. capacity, the issues that flow from there and uh, also have a think about the the silent capacity, um, sort of the the walking, wounded, brain, Mm. injured clients Mm. who, Mm. for all intents and purposes, you know, to everybody else might just look like any other individual any other joe on the street and um actually how how do those people fare in the in the criminal justice system probably quite badly i think is the conclusion we'll we might reach yeah we were saying weren't we that uh, the line of duty sort of presented it in a it was very clear that there was a, a you could see physically that this um, suspect had a condition whereas with our we always refer to them as walking wounded don't we where they've yeah. had a brain injury but actually physically there's no yeah you, can't, you can't tell by looking at somebody yeah that there's anything anything wrong, wrong with, with them. them yeah and it's those clients that we tend to find struggle when mm. they come across the police for whatever reason and unfortunately it's not that uncommon is it it's really common um and, th- and there's been more and more literature about it recently um, over the last couple of years, I think it's become a real issue and um, treatment of people in the criminal justice system um, with mental health um, has been um, really prominent and yeah. people are, you know, seeing how that might be dealt with differently. We've we've all had personal experiences with clients, haven't we? And they mm-hmm. tend to be, you know, the male who is injured in a road traffic accident, acquired brain injury, behavioural issues possibly drug alcohol abuse Mm. as a consequence of that and they get themselves into situations in fact I've literally just had a call from colleague this morning to say that um one of our clients has been um acting with threatening behavior towards his um part that he's separated from and almost definitely he's going to end up getting himself arrested Mm. and if he was out on the street you would just think he was an aggressive male clearly intimidated by him um and there's no evidence whatsoever that he's got brain injury. Mm. So he mm. gets arrested, he gets taken down the police station and just presents as being, you know, somebody who's aggressive um, and they don't necessarily know any mm. different, don't know how to, how to treat him any differently. Mm. I think what surprised me over the years is how um, the police automatically, as soon as we get 
into contact with them, they hear solicitor and they immediately think you're there to defend the client yeah. or, or to support them in that process. And that's not our role. Our mm. role is to alert them that this individual has got brain injury so that we can, you know, we can let the custody um, suite know and we can try and hopefully get that individual the right support, which I'm really pleased to see actually happened on line of duty. But did it? I mean, she wasn't exactly the the, the um, appropriate person wasn't sat next to him supporting oh, him through the in interview. Corner. I don't yeah. think any words were spoken by, <laughs> by that character. No. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. But at least they had picked up on the fact that this individual this is might true. have capacity yeah. issues. Um, as we say, it was very obvious. I think the I think for the con- yeah for context, I think the the chap who was arrested, syndrome, he had Down syndrome, and he was arrested on suspicion of murder, mm-hmm. which admittedly is quite a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and, know. He, and, he, and his um, yeah, his his solicitor was sat next to him, and his appropriate adult was sat in the corner, in the corner, very quiet, in a very dark corner. I can't even remember what she looked like. <laughs> she um, definitely didn't say a word. There was no, no line part. <laughs> no, but at least it did flag the the issues. Yeah. Um, also, I thought it was interesting that um, Kate Fleming, my personal favourite character in the show, uh, was obviously behind the screen watching the interview happen. Uh, for for a different reason, not involved in the, this actual case, um, and as the uh, interviewer was asking questions to this suspect, she was sort of like shaking her head and rolling her eyes, and oh my goodness, look at the line of questioning this is going down. Why is nobody piping up? So I think that also, even though they didn't say out loud that they were disappointed with the way the interview was conducted, yeah. I think that indicated that there were some concerns. I think she also made the comment, didn't she, about the fact that um, people with capacity issues are more likely to be um, the victims know, the victim of, crime of crime rather, rather than, than the perpetrator. perpetrator. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So We've seen that a lot with social media, haven't we, and this capacity to use social media and access yeah. to the internet because it's so easy to prey upon. Mm. It's mm. so easy to prey upon people anyway um, over the internet, but when you've got a brain injury and you can't necessarily see the, the red flags. Um, mm. I have a client who was preyed upon through Facebook. Um, a well, somebody purporting to be a young lady wanted to be his girlfriend and then wanted him to receive packages for her and then send those packages on. Um, and mm. it transpired that there might have been something interesting inside those packages. <laughs> um, but he had absolutely no mm. understanding that he wasn't doing anything other than just having a girlfriend and helping mm. her out because he didn't have the he wasn't able to compute the information that he was receiving and to I guess weigh it up and see that there was a danger there and it ended up with us having to step in um take away his access to social media at that stage because it was felt that that was the the safest way for him it also meant the police had to become involved they became involved with the family which in turn had had other knock-on problems but it it was a it really disrupted his um his he, he became very anxious then about having any kind of relationship with if people. that might happen again in yeah. future yeah develop yeah. trust issues i suppose an added complexity for many of our clients have received uh settlement from a personal injury of some kind mm. and that's often quite a large sum of money um regardless of how it's worked out and and the reason it is such a large amount of money to the average layperson if somebody just says i've got i don't know 6 million quid in the bank that can add that can add the risk of of preying on somebody for that reason. And often a lot of our, our brain injured clients struggle with filters, so might not might might share that information very freely yeah. with anyone 
anyone or everyone. Um, and then again, that information's out into the world and people can prey on that. Um, yeah, and it's not automatically apparent that they don't have instant access yes, to exactly. that money or access at all. Yes, you know, exactly. That's why they're to support in the background. But yeah, the, the client who is running around telling everyone they've got a ten million pound settlement makes themselves <laughs> incredibly vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, and I, I've come up against some difficult, real ethical as well as legal challenges on that because um, do you withhold that information from the client? Mm. You know, do you know? I know so many litigators who've said the the best thing here would be that if this individual does not know how much they. Mm claim is settled for and I really struggle with that um but equally on the flip side of it totally understand the vulnerable aspect that that can add to, to that individual I think social media is massive I mean we started off looking at you know, or thinking about you know the, the the people who are vulnerable in the criminal justice system because they are the perpetrator but you're absolutely right the the vulnerabilities that come about make them equally and the victim and, and social media has added huge amounts. I mean, we've seen, you know, um, the the love the love scandals, um, people being you know asked to send money to people, um, people being um, preyed on, people being blackmailed. Mm, um, yeah. You mm. know that there is a whole um, host of, of stuff out there where you know people are convinced um, that they. You know, will have their information or or videos of them sent to, to to family members if they're not sending money. So it's it's how do we balance that? Because also we we know from the last couple of years and and case law that's gone that social media for some vulnerable clients is their link to the outside world, mm-hmm. and it's a huge balance, isn't it, about getting that right, making sure that they are able to use those um, platforms for social interaction, but keeping them safe at the same time. Um, particularly in the last 12 months. Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking this this is probably the f- the first time historically that uh, us as professionals have been in as close a position to our clients yeah, yeah. As, as we have been. Yeah. Many of our clients spend the majority of their time at home, can't go about and get about as the average person might do, yeah. um, rely heavily on video or social media communication. Um and, and I've had to shield. So for the first time ever, we're sort of thinking, gosh, blimey, this is what it feels like to be looking at the same four walls. Um, and some of our clients have said that to us, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. They've said, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what this, it's like now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has been my life since my injury. Yeah. Um, and they're absolutely right. Uh, They've been a lot more tolerant, I think, as well, of the use of platforms like Zoom and yeah. WebEx, whereas the rest of us, of this phrase of being Zoomed out, started to bounce around maybe in September last year, didn't it, where we'd all had enough of Zoom catch-ups with our friends mm. and Zoom meetings, whereas I haven't really had a client who's said, I don't want to to meet you over WebEx or uh, online at all, because they're, it, they're, they're used to doing That's it. That's normal. Yeah. yeah. But it does, it does raise the question of, um, you know, exposing people to... Um, dangers when they are mm. incredibly vulnerable and that and, and vulnerability versus incapacity is a whole separate issue oh, yeah. one which maybe that's for podcast eight or something like that I don't know <laughs> um I think you know when we were thinking of criminality it were, definitely goes both sides of the fence mm. um I guess that led us on to thinking about um how how we can protect mm. the people that we work with um and, and also people at home I mean I've got elderly parents and they're forever ringing me and saying, oh, we've had this phone call um, and we've been asked to, you know, call back. And um, I'm like, don't, (laughs) unless you unless you know exactly who it is, just don't do it. Um, But 
they pray, you know, these people are praying, aren't they, um, on anybody who has the slightest vulnerability. Absolutely. Um, and and scams these days are becoming ever more sophisticated and, you know, even the, the savviest uh, person who likes to think they're a good spotter of a, the HMRC an email. Scam. You know, you can, yeah. the emails, it's so easy um, yeah. to fall for it because it looks mm. so genuine. Mm. Yeah, text messages and, and I think stuff. Now that, that banks are actually texting you, exactly. it's so hard to decipher which is actually from it. From, for want of a better bank, HSBC, and what's yeah. actually a spoof. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, with emails, at least you can check the email address, can't you, if you look into it? Whereas with a, a text message, it's, if it just comes up saying HSBC, then it's yeah. really hard to. Yeah. To, to I have a good example of this actually. I've got a client who uh, actually who got a spoof email purporting to be me. Oh yeah, I, I remember was, um, There's uh, a few law law firms have got uh, footers on their emails now saying there's been a rise in in legal yeah. spam emails. So just be mindful. Um, but he uh, emailed me straight away, forwarded the email onto me, and said, "Lauren, I've received this. This doesn't sound like you because it says I think it said something like." Tar Lauren at the end, and he said, "You would never be so unprofessional." Uh, I thought, "Little do you know." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was really proud of him. I, you know, I said, "Really well done there." You know, that's you've really done the right thing. You've spotted something. You had a funny feeling about it, and you checked with me. So yeah. I think having those conversations with clients is a good way to. Yeah, I, I think the key piece of advice that I always give to clients is if you see anything that makes you uneasy or uncomfortable, whatever yeah. it is online, then speak to people yeah you know who, whoever and that goes for the very young clients right through to the old clients if you hear see anything it's about communication isn't it mm-hmm. don't be afraid you know and and particularly with some of the real sensitive content people might be blackmailed over mm-hmm. um it's a case of it doesn't matter what it is just speak to somebody exactly. um because actually that's the best thing we can do if and and it is all subjective you know we, we know that that you know content which might upset one person wouldn't even affect another person you know it would totally wash over them but if you see anything that you are uncomfortable about or upsets you then speak to somebody mm-hmm. and in our world whether that's us whether it's you know a family member or a support worker or a case manager if we can just encourage people to speak out about anything that's worrying them then i think we can try to work with that person in terms of um sort of protecting them a little bit from some of these of these sort of um issues that are occurring um there's some great strategies out there as well that are helping with the invisible invisible disabilities yeah i think headway started their um brain injury card a few years ago didn't they which just it's like a little id card that sits in their wallet um which says this person has a brain injury so if they find themselves in an uncomfortable situation where they're unable perhaps through a cognitive difficulty or problem with speech they're not able to say yeah. this is this is me I, I struggle from this they can sort of flash their um headway card so that the person they're with can see that um that they they do have this exactly. underlying condition and i think headway are pushing for that to become a nationally recognized id system now aren't they absolutely yeah. um which again comes down to education i think with um banks with with police with other institutions so they know to recognize that card um but it's a really good sort of fallback for our clients who aren't able to articulate and explain themselves in the moment yeah Yeah. absolutely you can personalize them as well can't you so you can say oh i am particularly prone to you know aggressive behavior or defensiveness or you know and you can really make that clear in a in a swift 
moment by handing that to somebody. I mean, we've seen the sunflower lanyard, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Um, and if we can get, you know, things like the headway card as well recognised mm. as the sunflower lanyard, um, and maybe even the two can go hand in hand. Mm. You know, mm. not everyone wants to walk around with a with a headway card strung around their neck saying I've got a disability. Yeah. yeah. Um, but equally, if we could get as much recognition for um, the, the, the headway card or, or any other, you know, card, because... I think with COVID, the, there was some suggestion of whether the government would actually give a um, a card or something to people who were exempt from mask mm. wearing, and they didn't do that. But there are various sort of templates that you can get online, and um, maybe that's a way forward for somebody who perhaps it might not be a brain injury. It might be, we've got yeah. dementia, I know we've got flower um, for dementia friends, um, so that people can recognise if you're a dementia friend. So it is about those kind of subtle little things, but ultimately it's all very well them being there, but we need people to, to, to mm. recognise them. So hopefully, if you're listening to this today um, and somebody flashes you a card which says headway, um, that should flag immediately that somebody has a potential brain injury. That's yeah. the easiest thing, isn't it? What I liked actually was in, I saw, I think it was Sainsbury's possibly, but they had a, an advert saying, don't don't assume if somebody isn't wearing a mask that they're not doing so just out of their own choice. You don't know what's, what invisible uh, illnesses somebody might have. So I, I suppose that, that sort of goes hand in hand with the increased rhetoric at the moment about, you know, be kind. You never know what someone's going through. Yeah. I think if we all start to be a bit more open-minded and a bit more generous maybe with with other people's behavior um i'm not saying that we should just start permitting any and everything but you know if you can you never know what somebody uh has got going no, on i think if you have that little little bit of knowledge about what what someone's going through it can diffuse a situation absolutely. which could completely blow up otherwise absolutely um you know you have the the, the young um client in their 20s unfortunately tends to be males we see who are slightly more aggressive if you come at them and and start to sort of argue when you see erratic behavior not knowing that there's an underlying brain injury which is perhaps triggering um anxiety or mm. triggering the, these um this aggressive behavior it can escalate that whereas if you can go okay actually i understand that that card means you have a brain injury that's probably making you feel even more uncomfortable in the scenario so mm -hmm. to take a step back that will perhaps have a calming effect and prevent, you know, it escalating to something a lot more difficult for the individual. Yeah. Yeah. And police forces are getting better, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I go back several years with the example that I gave earlier where it did get to the stage where we had to um, write a fairly strongly worded letter because um, we just couldn't even get through to anyone to speak to them. No, they really didn't want... The, the shutters came down, didn't yeah, they, as soon as they heard solicitors. Um, and yet... That was a scenario where, you know, as we were saying in the line of duty episode, at least there was a relevant yeah. um, uh, adult in the room. Um, he went through an interview process without anybody there to mm. represent mm. him or support him who understood that he had a brain injury, which meant the process was a lot more lengthy, a lot more stressful for him. Mm. Um, and, and he's a character, which which helped in that he was able to sort of put his own walls up around him to 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 support himself but if he'd had somebody there to help him who understood what he was going through I think yeah. he could have been dealt with a lot quicker mm. um, also it's in everyone's best interest isn't it you know if you if you do end up interviewing a suspect who's got a brain injury and you've not put the right measures in place how you know, reliable how, how rel evidence. exactly how reliable is the evidence yeah. is oh, that going to fall apart yeah. when it comes to court absolutely. you know 
But I think definitely police forces are getting better. And um, I, I definitely, there's been a, a few um, forces in particular who have um, attended training sessions um, aimed and working with quarter protection um, lawyers um, and where they've come out and they've sort of raised the, the, the vulnerability issues and the scams as well yeah. um, because they obviously become far more aware of what the new scams are sooner than everybody else and we really rely on that knowledge sharing piece yeah. so that you know things that they know are happening we know then happening and we can make sure that we support our clients um, if those things might be occurring. There was a project going on, wasn't there, a couple of years ago with um, the West Midlands Police Force and the Child Brain Injury Trust looking to sort of educate the police force on um, exactly what we're talking about, walking wounded Mm. um, young males who Mm. made up a significant proportion of the... um, prison population this is in. it as well isn't it the the, the statistics are overwhelming yeah. with the, the the volumes of of convicted criminals who have whether it's brain injuries mental health difficulties so there are massive proportions of people yeah absolutely and i think part of that comes down to a obtaining the right evidence yeah. because you're putting them in a scenario where they can't give it properly um or understanding what the un- the underlying causes of the or what's aggravated the um the criminal offense So we're going to give you a couple of takeaway points um, today of the things we can all be mindful of moving forwards. Um, I think the first one will be uh, the headway card that we mentioned earlier. Um, a card you can Google the, the charity headway. Uh, they support people with brain injuries. And there's a little card that you can you can get. Uh, gives some basic details and some of your key symptoms. Um, the next one would be the sunflower lanyard that we're hopefully all seeing around and about in supermarkets and stuff um that's something you can again apply for online just google it uh you'll find out how to get one uh the next one was bt phone guardian really um useful for elderly clients who are vulnerable to sort of cold callers and and people calling them up and asking them to send them money um it's a uh, basically a guardian that can be put onto your telephone which um sets up a list of acceptable callers and anybody who's not on that list has to announce who they are. You then have the, the opportunity to answer the call or not answer the call. Um, so it's just a protection between you and uh, and that caller. Um, and so my takeaway point would be to just create a culture of ensuring people feel comfortable to speak out. So if they see anything that makes them uncomfortable or upsets them, whether it's online, whether it's a phone call, whether it's physical posts, because that's often what we forget, that they speak to somebody and don't feel that they're going to be judged um, and then we can support Uh, Thank you for listening to another Copcast with uh, Lucy, Rebecca and myself. Um, Also, thanks to Luke and Ross who've helped us produce today's show and other shows. This has been a Shoesmiths production. Uh, Thank you for listening and we look forward to you tuning in next month.